Welcome to another audio piece from Acadian Birder for uh, good information and good interviews with birders of New Brunswick and sometimes of the Maritimes. The uh, interview that I want to do today is with a, uh, a bird watcher that actually works uh, while birding. Uh, and I am at the most elongated point of land in the Bay of Fundy, uh, called Point Le Pro. Of course, in order to be here, we have to have a security check done. We have to have our name on our on our list, on a list. And uh, I am standing by the lighthouse here at Point Le Pro, New Brunswick, right now. Like I said, in the middle of the Bay of Fundy, and there's a little shack close to the point with some windows. And uh, there's two guys in there. One that came with me here this morning, Roger Leblanc. A uh, very well-known birder and uh, TV director here in New Brunswick. And uh, the other guy that is with him is a guy who is here quite often. His name is Richard Blackière. And this little shack that I'm talking about is a uh, bird observatory. So I'm getting at the door here and it says Point Le Pro Bird Observatory, a project of the St. John Naturalist Club. And uh, this place is also declared important bird area of Canada. Point Le Promise is the important bird area. Uh, so let's go in and see what the guys are doing. Hi guys. Hello. Hello. Nice, the sun is coming. There's a flock coming, Richard. Medium size. I'm going to let you guys finish. Are you almost done? Uh, just about, yeah. Has it been a good morning this morning? Actually, it was quite a good morning. Uh, it started out uh, a little foggy and drizzly. Uh, the foghorn was on. Um, it gradually cleared up and the ducks started to move. And, and now the sun is starting to come out and, and uh, the ducks are, are still moving. There's a little, another little flock coming. There's a flock, yeah. Just over there towards the, the wolves. So what is it that you're counting? Uh, for the people that are not familiar with uh, our birds, what is it that you're here to count, uh, Richard? Uh, in this project, our primary focus are, are the migrating sea ducks, and those are mostly um, uh, scoters, eiders, and long-tailed ducks. They're the ones that we're particularly interested in. But we're looking at um, all the species that go by and try to keep note of how many and what time of year, that sort of thing. So you spend a lot of time here. How, how much time would you say you spend every migrating season? Uh, well, I try to get here almost every day over through the month of April. Actually, we start a little bit in late um, March and go through into early May, and that covers pretty much the, the whole uh, seabird migration. And, of course, that's thanks to grants, money that is put to good, uh, to good use. That's right, yes. It's always a scramble every year for, um, for money to, to fund uh, the project. And, uh, but so far, we've been very lucky, and we've had some uh, pretty generous donors and different organizations. Uh, Ducks Unlimited this year is providing funds. Uh, New Brunswick Wildlife Trust Fund has provided funds in the past, and there's other, been other sources of money as well. What, we, what have we learned? How, how long, first of all, uh, has it been going on, uh, and what have we learned so far? I, this is the 19th year of the Point Le Pro Bird Observatory, and it didn't. It started out um, uh, pretty simply. People just came out, sat in their car, and, and watched, and. Uh, Things developed, and now we have a nice little observatory, and uh, has heat, <laughs> and uh, we can sit inside and in, in, in relatively sheltered, and uh, just count things as we, as they go by the point. Because it's a, it can be a very very windy area and very cold place. Eh? It can be very cold and very windy at times. Yes, um, yeah. 
Some so thing, things like tendencies that uh, we, we might have uh, noticed? Uh, well, uh, they've done some uh, number crunching over the last, I guess, about 10 or 12 years of data. And um, it seems that there's a general decline in the number of sea ducks. Uh, black scoters are the most numerous of the ducks that go by here. And um, they're calculating about a 3% decline every year. So year over year, that's, you know... Over 10 years, that's quite a number of ducks that's now are now missing from the, what we think should be the population. I kind of cut you off there, Richard. You were going to say some days, uh, you were talking about the climate, and I, I've seen it very wild here. Uh, so talk, uh, talk to me a little bit about the, the, the climate, what you've seen, and also why. You say people were coming here, standing in their car before there was this little shack, this little observatory. Why is this place uh, a good place to count that type of migration? Uh, well, Point Lepro sticks out into the Bay of Fundy. It's a little finger of land that um, it, it sticks quite far out, and uh, the birds are migrating up the coast, from the coast of Maine, um, along Mesa's Bay, and they're almost forced to go around the point. And so they're fairly close to land at this point, and close enough to see. You can see some birds going by there. They're probably five. Describe, describe what we're seeing. It's kind of nice. Uh, we're seeing a, a large uh, string of birds. Probably there's maybe 30, 50, 80, close to 100 birds that are just going by to the east now uh, in small groups or in, a, in a, large, a long string of birds. They're quite close to the water. What are those? Uh, mostly uh, black scoters. There could be some surf scoters mixed in with those ones. And some now some sometimes they come by and just um, pitch in here and they form a, a raft. There seem to be a cormorant going there's a by. Cormorant as well going by to the nice. yeah. They form these mixed flocks, which are very hard to count. <laughs> you can imagine <laughs> four, maybe four species or five species, and you're trying to get an estimate of the numbers. Now here's eiders and scoters going together. So you probably got three species now going by, and there's this little flock. So it's obviously a, an important migration area here. This, uh, I think, is an extremely important place for, for birds to come by, yeah. And uh, any, I think any um, industrial activity out here would be probably a disaster for the birds. We, uh, we have a nice day today, although it's always windy. I was just at the, at the very point there in front of the uh, observatory, and it's always a bit windy, but uh, you must have seen some pretty crazy <laughs> weather, <laughs> weather days here. I've been here on some, yeah, uh, pretty strong winds, pretty um, heavy waves, crashing surf. Some days I probably shouldn't have been here. <laughs> I remember being here one day, the wind was so strong the building was rocking. And this is really well anchored. <laughs> so I, I was a little nervous that day. However, uh, you know, most, most days are tolerable. And uh, on a nice spring day with, uh, without much wind, sun is out, this is the greatest place in the world to be. Richard, how, how did it start for you, the, the love story with, uh, with birding? Oh, actually, um, probably goes back to my high school days. Uh, kind of just marginally interested. My mother was a little interested in birds. And uh, so I went to university. Um, actually got more interested in botany at the beginning. I was planning to become a botanist. Then I um, got a job for two summers bending birds in the Tantamar Marshes. And so I went from there to graduate work at Memorial and worked on birds there and things kept on going. Got jobs with the Canadian Wildlife Service doing uh, summer work for them and uh, just sort of kept my hand in it <laughs> through the years uh, through contract work and that sort, that sort of thing, consulting work. 
And I'm sure you're uh, doing, uh, like other, other people, other birders that do contract, contracting work in this field, I'm sure you go birding for your own leisure. Uh, it's it's a hobby and a profession. Yes, <laughs> most most times a way of life. <laughs> a way of life, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the other work I have to do that isn't birding related is really just work. <laughs> Whereas this is uh, quite enjoyable out here. What is uh, Richard Blackyard, the human, uh, getting out of this uh, this activity? Uh, not necessarily the job, but this passion that you have developed uh, for birds and for birding, for the natural world around you. What do you get from that? Uh, well, I think, um, I guess you do feel connected to nature when you're out birding. It's uh, when you're sitting home and, you know, on your computer and that sort of thing, it's, uh, it's kind of an artificial existence. Yeah. But when you're out, when you're outside, you know, pursuing uh, the feathered <laughs> pray, you might say. Uh, you do feel like you're connected to nature, and it's um, yeah, it, it leads you to other things. Um, when you're outdoors, you, you're obviously interested in the weather. I've been kind of interested now in in the atmosphere and what goes on in the atmosphere, and um, it takes you different places. You're forced to travel when you're hunting for birds, and so you combine all these things that. Sort of a central focus is the bird, but you 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 branch off into these other areas. You know, there's always a question that uh, non-birders ask to birders all the time. Birders don't like that question, but I will ask it to every birder that I interview. What's your favorite bird? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And why, of course? Why? Ah, I don't know. Um, I can give you a pause for that. Uh, to think well, about it. I've always liked yellow warblers. For some reason, I don't know. It's just they're just kind of simple. They're they're pretty. Uh, the markings are not. Describe a yellow warbler oh, for our listeners. A male yellow warbler is uh, pretty much just a yellow bird with some red streaks on the front. And uh, for some reason, I know that's always appealed to me. And I banded quite a few of them when I was working on the Chantamar marshes. And uh, whenever I had one in my hand, I thought, now that is really <laughs> for being so simple and yet so beautiful. Richard, it's kind of a, and I'm going to finish with this, but uh, it's kind of funny. You're talking about bird banding. You have experience in bird banding. I do too. I've done over 250 hours of banding. Mm -hmm. And there is uh, different schools of thought out there when it comes to bird banding. What, what is the experience that you got out of it uh, while you were doing that type of work? And do you think it's important that we would still do that? Um, well, I think nowadays where people can uh, radio tag things, uh, bird banding is probably becoming less, less important. I think originally the idea was that we would know where birds started and where they ended and so get an idea of uh, the range, that sort of thing. With uh, the radio tagging now, I think it's, um, it becomes simpler and probably uh, you get more and better information from that sort of thing. So bird banding may not be as important. And I'm going to turn this at an age where people are always looking for sensation. They look for something extreme all the time. They want to have hands-on experience. Do you think that bird banding could be used as an educational tool? Oh, very much so, yeah. Um, I think when you band birds, you realize how different they look in the hand than they do in the bushes. <laughs> so uh, you get to realize that um, there's there's two, two levels of... Uh, how should I say this? Uh, sometimes when you think you know 
something really well, and you see it in a different context, you it, it takes you by surprise. Um, sometimes seeing a bird, you're, we're used to looking at these ducks at quite a distance away, and uh, I saw um, a duck at the museum the other day, and uh, it threw me for a bit, but it was one of my black scoters. <laughs> it's going by, so that kind of thing. You, it, it's nice to get used to them in both contexts, in the Talk. hand and in the field. Well, talking about black scoters, I see that there's more flocks coming, and I'm going to let you do your uh, your counting. Richard Blackyard, thank you very much for your time today. Oh, thanks for being here. I was just thinking, do you want to have something with with sound? We could just do. Just hold on. Some, some yeah. I'll